Hi, everyone. Welcome to the latest mini-episode, the latest Air Daniel mini-episode. I'm Daniel Barnes, film critic for the Sacramento News and Review. And with me, as always, is Corky McDonald, local comedian. Say hi, Corky. Hi, nice people. Uh, On our mini-episodes, we talk a little bit about last week's movie, we preview next week's movie, and then we usually will read listener dares, and we usually have a question or something else that we'll talk about uh, along the way. So we'll have a few things that we're going to bring up here. Uh, First on the agenda, though, next week's movie. Corky, we're men of the world. You'd say that, right? Sure. Yeah, we get around. We're, We're international men. Been in different time zones. Different time zones. I was in the mountain time zone once. It was nuts. <laughs> Do tell. Everything was an hour later. So, uh, you know, we're both we're both intelligent men. We're both men of the world. So we know, as I think most people know, that the word aloha, the Hawaiian word <laughs> aloha, yes. means both hello and goodbye. Correct. What I think maybe a lot of our listeners don't know is that the less common Hawaiian term, Abloha <laughs> only means goodbye. Goodbye. So let's listen to a trailer of Cameron Crowe's Abloha. I can't let one small meltdown destroy me. A second chance. Who doesn't want a second chance? Your old boss wants you back. It's Hawaii, our old stomping ground. Aloha. Gilcrest. You're back in the game. I want to introduce you to your Air Force liaison. She's a fast burner. A double espresso? Morning, sir. I'm so jacked for today. Make that a triple. The old ex-girlfriend. Pause for the memories. I don't even remember why we broke up. Because you're a workaholic who creates work to avoid real work. Well, I'm still working on that. You wrecked everything, and I put my life back together in spite of you. I will be an invaluable addition to our mission. I have lone wolfed it all the way. That's who I am. You're cynical. I get it. I know what you're doing. You're not going to pick my brains. They're unpickable. Before it all came apart, there was greatness in this guy. Did you get the girl? We work together. Oh, why don't you just have what you want? Do you have what you want? Hmm? How is Woody? I don't know. Woody doesn't communicate. He doesn't speak. He said a lot, actually. What did he say? Check out my manliness, dude. I've been working out, and I'm a little too handsome to ever see you as a threat, Brian. Good evening. And he said a lot. So that is Aloha. It's available on all of your usual VOD services if you want to suffer along with us, or if you just want to listen to the episode and laugh at us while we suffer uh, through this quite poor movie. That's also fun as well. If you want to sync it like Dark Side of the Moon with The Wizard of Oz, go ahead. <laughs> Do that. Set it and listen at the same time. <laughs> So let's go back to last week's episode. That was David Ayers Bright, which yeah. is available on Netflix. You know, I think we, as we always do, we go over it in excruciating detail. But sure. it's always, you know, kind of like one one last look. One last look. I mean, is there any any final things you'd like to say on the subject of David Ayers Bright? I did give it the reverse dare, our first reverse dare. Yes. Meaning I am recommending it. people watch mm-hmm. it. I think there's more good to it than bad, at least... 51% to 49%. <laughs> it was tight race. But the more I think about the movie, the more I look back and think how much was just added in because they had to explain shit. They felt like they had to explain shit that right. they didn't need to explain. Like the whole opening sequence of the guy shotgunning out of nowhere for no reason. Mm-hmm. You didn't need a reason for Will Smith to dislike orcs. There were plenty of reasons. Right. Well, they're Nazi Satanists. <laughs> yes. But but it's like it would be justifiable if one member of this 
foreign race uh-huh. attempts to kill you, that you'd have a little grudge. Right. Probably wrote that like, it's understandable why he doesn't trust him. Yeah, exactly. He can't just be Will Smith racist. But the movie just doesn't even do that. No, nah, it doesn't know, even so. go into it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, I didn't like it as much as you were. I think it was it was kind of uneven, uneven. But the one movie I didn't mention that I actually think is a lot better uh, that a David Ayer movie, that probably his best movie, is uh, Harsh Times uh, mm. with Christian Bale and Freddie Rodriguez, um, which, again, has a lot of similarities to End of Watch because sure. it's about two guys um, who are just kind of going around causing havoc. But it's actually a lot stronger. It's a lot weirder. It's very exploitative, but it, it's a movie that kind of shows that, like, exploitation film can get at something that a respectable movie wouldn't even try right, right? Often, it's gonna go to the uh, it's gonna go over the edge they're way they're oftentimes way more engrossing yeah. because you're you don't know what to expect and you get like a sense of like danger yes the movie as opposed to something that is very safe and tidy and it's going to wrap it up in a message that's going to make us all better absolutely um, and i feel like david Ayer wants to kind of go over the edge a little bit and i think with harsh times like he really did that successfully this movie not so much so I think that closes the door on Bright for now. Of course, if you have any additional uh, things that you want to say about the movie, questions or anything like that, you know, hit us up on our website, Derek Daniel, or any of our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram accounts. We're going to say Abloha We're going to say <laughs> Abloha Bright. Abloha. Um, so last week, Quirky, um, you know, we always have a question of the week sure. um, in these mini episodes. And our uh, question last week was a movie that – you love that right. almost everyone hates. Uh, you named what was kind of interesting is we both named movies that we had the other person had never seen. So I named Michael Bay's uh, Pain and Gain, starring Mark Wahlberg and The Rock, and you named Joe Carnahan's Smoking Aces. So we thought, let's go and actually watch these movies sure. that we never watched. I kind actually, of dare each other. Yeah, we sort of dared each other to uh, to watch these movies. So quirky, you watched Michael Bay's Pain and Gain. What did you think of the film? Okay, so let me just throw the caveat in that like i think you picked the safest movie that quote unquote everybody hates because <laughs> it's a 50 percent on rotten tomatoes last i checked it was a 50 percent okay but which rotten i think tomatoes skews so fucking high like but i think it rotten only, tomatoes takes a mixed review as a positive review and it only i maybe i don't understand how rotten tomatoes works but i think people are shitting on this movie only because it's michael bay sure Mark Wahlberg and The Rock. And it, it's like, like sense memory. It's Pavlovian <laughs> just to like, shit on. I'm that. supposed to hate this, right? Which Pavlovian responses, I mean, don't get me started on my fellow film critics, but that's a big part of what they do. Yeah. Is I I'm not supposed to like this or I am supposed to like this, so I'm going to kind of go with the herd a little bit. This movie should be it should be 80%. It should be fully fresh. It's a good It's a really movie. good movie. Yeah. It's made well, yeah. but then also and I think the biggest thing, The Rock turns in a fucking amazing performance. He's actually performance. super good. In this. Yes, <laughs> like he's so one note, right? Like it, when you th- think of him as the star of a of blockbuster movies, he's just The Rock. Yeah, it's one note. Like he's tough dad, basically. Yeah. Right? Uh, he is a junkie in this. Yes. He is totally. He's a sadist. He's also a very he, religious man. He goes he's, between pious and degenerate, <laughs> and, and does it. It goes, yeah, with a Aptly, smile. Yes. <laughs> I think the key to this is that Mark Wahlberg, The Rock, these people are people who it feels like they're not as good as they think they are. Mm. That works it, to the characters. Yeah, absolutely. To me, this movie is like the director equivalent of getting John Malkovich to play John Malkovich and being John Malkovich. Like, It's like, let's get Michael Bay to direct a parody of Michael Bay films, yes. <laughs> essentially, right? Uh, and it will have it, these people who are complete losers, but who think they're the stars of a Michael Bay movie. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, knew- the movie is really intense. It's funny. It's weird. It, it's it based has on a, a true crime, which com- I'm way into. Completely insane energy to it as well. Anthony Mackie's good Anthony in it. Mackie. Uh, who's the Australian girl? Uh, uh, Rebel Wilson. Yeah, she's good. At, and my favorite, Tony Shalhoub. Tony he's Shalhoub a, he's a fucking amazing. Remarkable. American legend, Absolutely. Tony Shalhoub. Absolutely. So yeah, so we're on, in agreement. Michael Bay's Pain Again. I also, I mean, I rewatched it because I hadn't seen it in five years and it totally held up for me. I also watched Joe Carnahan's Smoking Aces. Okay. From Sacramento's own Joe Carnahan. Which I think was keeping in the spirit of everybody hates this movie. Everyone, yeah, I think more people hate this movie than yeah. Pain and Gain. Um, I did not hate the movie. I wouldn't say that I really liked the movie that much. I think that with um, you know, with Joe Carnahan, what I, what I found from the films that I've seen is that he has a really good talent for kind of creating tension and emotion out of nothing, yeah. right? He's really great at these sort of like face-off scenes where you have two people in a scene together. Like there's a scene in the elevator. Yeah, uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the scene, or the scene with Ben Affleck where the guy is moving his <laughs> mouth, of the corpse of Ben Affleck. So he's great at creating these really intense scenes. I don't think he's quite as good at like intricate plotting. No. Which is what I think is kind of the downfall of this movie, which is that it's it's has a ton of energy, but it's kind of chaotic and very inconsistent. If you tried to figure out the timeline of the movie, some characters spend 40 minutes on an elevator. <laughs> I know, right? That's what I was gonna, like. How is this guy still in the elevator? Yeah. Like, that's two floors. You but know? there's a lot of good shit. It's the world building that he did, and it's just all these ultra hyped up characters. Yeah, it's just nonstop characters. Yes. Right? Nonstop characters. Uh, which was, I, I was largely entertained by. Again, to me, where the movie kind of fell apart was the sort of plotting of how do we get all of these characters and move them around and get to each other. I'm the kind of person, you know, honestly, as many movies as I watch, I'm not the kind of person who solves the crime in the movie, you know what I mean? Like, I, I never think three steps ahead. I'm just watching the damn movie, right? Yeah. I'm trying to follow the plot. I'm not thinking about, like, motives and all that kind of stuff. I knew exactly who yeah. everyone was and what they were, you know what I mean? Like, there's some twists that happen at the end of the movie that get telegraphed so blatantly in the first few minutes of this movie. And they're so unnecessary and dumb. It really is, yeah. Yeah. So, agreed. At that said, I did think it had a lot of character. So, it, to me, this is more of a, this is like kind of a mixed review. Jason this, Bateman? Bateman was excellent. Fucking amazing, Bateman right? was excellent, yes. So, yeah, that was a good one. There was a lot of good individual scenes. Kind of didn't fully come together so this is a little more mixed for me but sure. you know i think we it's good it was, i was you glad that i finally saw it you understand why i lo- I can see why you would be obsessed with it okay in a weird sort of a way okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh and our boy joel edgerton oh yeah is one of the many people who just pop up in this movie this, i think it's funny now because like i never noticed joel edgerton in anything until like f- five years or so ago and now like He's in every fucking movie. He was in like the Star Wars prequels. I thought he was Peter (laughs) Krause. So that brings us to our question of the week this week. Quirky, the question of the week this week. Can you name a performance you love from an actor that you hate? And I'm calling this the Keanu Reeves Memorial Award, or you can call it the Nick Cage Memorial Award or the Adam Sandler Memorial Award. You know, those actors who every five or ten years they do something to make you remember they can actually do something. But you generally don't think of them as great actors. You're never anticipating anything good from them. So, you know, we both thought about this question a lot. Do you have a performance you love from an actor you hate? Let's hear it. This was probably the number one I can only... If if, if I'm going to say this actor has never done anything else that I've enjoyed him in. Mm. And 
he turns in this one performance where I'm like, the movie would fall apart without him, and he serves it well. It's uh, Hayden Christensen in Shattered Glass. Wow, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a really good pick because he's terrible. He's oh, and he's, he's really good in that movie. Yeah, it's kind of perfect casting because he's a petulant, he's a snotty, shit. Li- pathological liar. Absolutely. Who you- despise more and more With a baby the more face you see him. Yeah. yeah yeah absolutely that's a really good pick because hayden christensen he's never established that he is awful but he is really good in shattered glass yeah and, and it's, it's a good movie too. Mm-hmm. that's a great pick yeah so i thought that about this a lot as well um you know again i, I wanted to find someone you know because you have the adam sandlers who you know they'll do junk nonstop, and then every once every ten years you'll be like, "Oh my god, you can do that in or, somebody else's movie." Yeah, right. Yeah. So uh, it's Jerry Lewis. It's is Nick it? Cage and adaptation. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like garbage, garbage, garbage. You can do that. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's why we care about you. I didn't want to just do that. I want to do an actor who is just I hate, and it was bad and everything. I'm cheating a little bit because I'm actually picking two performances. Okay, but they are in the same movie, which is what's so amazing about this. Oh shit. Yeah. Nicolas and again, Cage adaptation? This is maybe this is maybe a case of and I think this you you find this a lot with an actor who is generally you think is kind of bad, which is they're just good in good movies, right? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if the movie is good, they're probably going to be good. And, you know, part of that is the director is probably good. And he knows how to cast people. He knows how to use people and shoot them and works with cinematographers who know what they're doing, too. So this might just be one of those great director, bad actor kind of things. Okay. But, yeah, this is a movie that has uh, two performances in particular. One who I would just say I genuinely, generally dislike. Mm-hmm. And one who I can say I have never seen him in anything where I have not found him completely loathsome. Okay. The movie is Darren Aronofsky's. Requiem for a Dream. Okay. The actors are Jared Leto and number one, Marlon <laughs> Wayans. Marlon Wayans, who is the most unfunny person. He has shown no talent, no, no, no aptitude for anything in the performing arts at all. He is genuinely awful. And he's so good in this movie, and he's so right, and it feels so natural, and all the, it's just it's bizarre to watch because it's one of those things that happened fairly early in his career, right? So it's maybe the one of those things where you think, oh, maybe he had this all along. Maybe he had this all along and he was just he was always just making crap. That was 20 years ago. Yeah. It hasn't gotten better. We were on like seven scary movies and three haunted houses yeah. and uh absolutely brutal. And and Jared Leto is just an actor who I just generally just don't like he's not I, good. don't like him yeah, in things no. i think he it, it's what like he's one of those guys you can just always see the seams you can always see the acting he's pretty you know? that's it he's pretty yeah which of course then he does the brad pitt thing of now look i'm not pretty because i have a scar or a weird eye or some yeah. bullshit stringy here so that's a movie that two actors who i can't really think of anything else that i've liked him in and one who i especially can't think of anything i haven't hated him in okay so this is crazy because marlon wayans is to me the second most talented Wayans family member, <laughs> which might be like saying the second most famous shipwreck. I don't know. Like, like he's the Andrew he's, Doria. He's my third most favorite murder suicide. Damon is the Titanic, but <laughs> Marlon is Andrew Doria. No, I like Marlon Wayans, and here's three roles that I think he was great in. Okay. And I'm saying great. Yeah, all right, let's hear it. Requiem for a Dream. Okay. Lady Killers, which I think is a very underrated. Coen uh, Brothers movie. No. And I think he turns in one of the... I've 
gone on record on this. The top 10 comedic performances of the 90s in Senseless. The movie with him and David Spade, where he takes an experimental drug that gives him heightened senses. And it's great physical comedy. Oh, and he you. delivers. I am not bullshitting you, dude. This is not a rib. You. I'm serious. Oh, It's my so God. funny that you mentioned Marlon Wayans. I know white chicks, awful. Scary movies, terrible. Little man, god awful. Yeah, okay. Now, I haven't seen Senseless. All the so. shit he does with his brother, terrible. Absolutely. But he is a gifted talented actor uh, or was I, I was I, I yeah i don't know yeah i maybe he is one of the <laughs> one of the best weigh-ins but i also <laughs> i don't remember any weigh-ins give, being in anything or giving a performance anywhere near as good as in requiem for a dream no no blank man is only the number two i think uh <laughs> behind <laughs> so anyway i think that marlon wayans i'm here for you marlon wayans you got one of us in your corner. <laughs> and I will go to bat for a Room for a Dream. Uh, still. Even though it, it seems to be a movie whose reputation has kind of slipped in, in recent years. I uh, Honestly, okay, so I just said he was great in it. I've never seen it. <laughs> what? Never, I've never seen Room for a Dream. All I know of it is Double Dildo Scene. That's all I know. <laughs> I know that, and I know I guess Ellen Burstyn comes off of drugs and has some weird fucking freak out, right? <laughs> yeah, it's something like that. Something like that. Oh, uh, Derek Corky to watch good movies. I watched Pie and I didn't like it, so I stayed away from Aronofsky. Pie was made for like fifteen dollars. So, sure. I mean, how that's that's uh, so you've never seen a Darren Aronofsky movie ever. What the, uh, what's the other one? Something about life or something like that. Something about life. He's made like eight movies. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen an Aronofsky. Wow. Movie. Yeah. All right. Well, this was the final episode of Daniel. Uh, the search for the new co-host begins tomorrow. I ke- I confuse Aronofsky with the guy who made Barcelona and uh, Last Days of Disco. What, Stillman? No. Uh, shit. No. There's, there's like three... Directors, I I confuse them all. Aronofsky, the guy who made yeah, Whit Stillman did uh, Barcelona, Barcelona, Last Days of Disco, and um, then the other guy who did not Link Later, but um, know, some other movie that's pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have you seen Smoking Aces? Uh, like fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, read a dare. <laughs> Uh, this week's dare comes to us from Cody Scott. What's up, Cody? Cody! Is this any relation to Dan Scott? Cody dares us to watch a film called The Cloverfield Paradox. Um, this movie came out this year. It is direct to Netflix. It is part of the Cloverfield universe, supposedly, although it actually started out as an original script called The God Particle, and then later they decided it was going to be in the Cloverfield universe. That's amazing. Cody uh, dares us to watch it because he watched several bad movies in one weekend, and this one managed to be the worst out of three movies that got progressively more awful. Um, the cast isn't that bad. Gugu Mbatha-Ra, David Oyelowo, Daniel Bruhl, um, some good people in there, but it's supposed to actually be pretty bad. Here's the plot description from IMDb. Orbiting a planet on the brink of war, scientists test a device to solve an energy crisis and end face-to-face with a dark alternate reality. Uh, like I said, this was like an original script, and at some point it was decided it was going to be the third Cloverfield movie, which is actually the same thing that happened with the second Cloverfield movie, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Good movie. It, a really good movie. Um, Better than Cloverfield. Mm, I liked Cloverfield. You did? I liked Cloverfield. Uh. But that started as an original script, too, and at some point they decided that was going to be part of the Cloverfield universe, and it actually 
you know, works, yeah. right? Um, but this one supposedly does not work. This was the movie that was advertised on the Super Bowl. Right? Oh, okay. So during the Super Bowl, they ran Netflix ran ads and said, tonight, Whoops. you can watch The Cloverfield Paradox. Yeah, and it's like we're having a big premiere. What's funny is that I think this movie was like sat on the shelf for two years. So they acted like it was a big premiere when really it was just like a space filler. Yeah. You know, like this movie was shot a couple of years ago and just finally is uh, getting the light of day. On. Which is the dumbest fucking promotion because the whole next day is, is discussing what we saw the day before <laughs> right. commercial wise. And then we got one more dare. This one actually comes from my brother, Matthew. Matthew Barnes. What's up, Matthew? Matthew Barnes. Uh, he dares us to watch Birdemic Shock and Terror. <laughs> Uh, so Matthew, why are you daring Daniel Quirky to watch this movie? He says, I saw the Riff Tracks version of this movie. And he says, I'm, you'll not be watching the Riff Tracks version, but I'm sure you can Quirky can come up with your own Riff Tracks version. <laughs> um, why don't you just go watch Riff Tracks again? <laughs> yeah, right? Why do we got to do all your work for you? This is a bottom 10 rated movie on IMDb. It might be the first one. Shock and Terror might be the first one. James Nguyen James is the Nguyen. writer, director Plot synopsis, a horde of mutated birds descends upon the quiet town of Half Moon Bay, California. Two citizens manage to fight back, but will they survive Birdemic? It's insane how bad this movie is. Right. The first like, 30, 40 minutes are just these weird scenes of terrible acting. Mm. And then all of a sudden, it's just Birdpocalypse. It's just this very bad CGI. Like, Remember the very first computer games <laughs> right. where the graphics would blow up on screen <laughs> that's what it is right. it's these birds that just dive bomb over these shots of half moon bay there's one scene that's so awesome these people are they're holding obviously fake guns shooting up at the birds and they're just kind of standing on the side of the freeway while cars are still going by and <laughs> just kind of like looking at what's going on that's while these people are more fake. worried about the people with the guns it's than so the ridiculous yeah. man yeah so while i was actually on imdb and i was i was looking at the bottom rated um, films to see if there was anything interesting in there. Do you want to know what the number one lowest rated movie on all of IMDb with the millions, maybe billions of movies out there? Wow. Number um, one. You will never guess this. Oh, okay. Well, if I'll never guess it, <laughs> then I'm going to say uh, Sisterhood, of the Traveling, yeah. <laughs> Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. It is called Codename KOZ. IMDb describes it as a look at the December 2013 corruption scandal in Turkey from the viewpoint of the Erdogan government. So this is literal government propaganda. This is like trying for the will, but not with <laughs> yeah, any wish. Literal government propaganda. That's fucking this is, hilarious. Yeah, the Erdogan's government's view of uh, the, was that the military coup or something? Yeah. Like that, yeah that they shot down. So oh, that's gross. Yeah, that is the number one lowest rated. And number two, also government propaganda, Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fuck so you, Kirk probably Cameron. a couple of future uh, Dear Daniels in there. So that's that for this mini episode. We will be back next week with a full review of Cameron Crowe's Aloha, starring Bradley Cooper, Emma Stone, Bill Murray, and a bunch of other people collecting Rachel paychecks. Rachel McAdams. Yeah. yeah. So until then, I am Daniel Barnes, film critic for the Sacramento News and Review. I'm Corky McDonald, president of the Marlon Wayans Fan Club. <laughs> and we will see you next week. I love you. <laughs>